These are the Stanley Cup champions cheering for us. Obi could beat the fuck out of Wayne Gretzky. Could you break Wayne Gretzky's leg? Because he's 24! The smoke blinds from straight 40s before I go out for warmies. We got like half dressed and then last for and we we're just going nuts. We're in the locker room by then. We we're just going absolutely bananas. What to do, DMV? It is episode 80 of Turpin DMV. Second caps, one of the season. Training camp is coming to a close. It is officially game week. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty fucking pumped up about that, guys. We got two games Friday, Saturday, and then another one Sunday. It's, it's the start of the crazy, crazy ass season that's ahead of us. We got a loaded episode for you guys today. We're going to be breaking down everything from training camp. The lines are set. It looks like Lab's got his final roster ready. We're going to be previewing the games. Big interview, Rob Carlin coming on, the voice, the the former voice of Caps pre and post game live. Awesome, dude. Incredible interview. That interview is about an hour long, and that's just jam-packed with content. So we're going to keep the episode itself rather short so you can enjoy that Carlin interview. We're getting into a lot of stuff. Hank had a successful heart surgery. There's a lot to come, but let's first say what's up to the boys. AB, what's up, baby? How you doing? Uh, we're chilling, baby. Uh, Mitch uh, Mitch Slight was in town this week, so it was a, a, a booze-filled week. Uh, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, so it was, it was a good-ass time. Um, hadn't seen him in forever, too. It took us moving to Florida for him to actually hang out with us, I guess. Um, but That boy don't know, come out and do nothing anyway. Huh? I'm surprised he actually came down to Florida. That's I Well, so he and his girlfriend were already down in Florida. They uh, went to... So it was convenient. They went to Delray Beach, or is that what it's called? Yeah, know. sounds about right. Yeah, which is on the uh, opposite coast of us. Um, they were there for a week, and his girlfriend was like, well, since you're down here, like, why don't you just go over there and I'll just go home so you can stay there for another week. And he was just like, oh, bet. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, that was a good week. Uh, I also have my fantasy draft tonight. I'm the first pick in the draft at 8 o'clock. Who should I go with? Well, I feel like there's either one or two choices, but let's kick it over to our guy up north, Ben. What's up, baby? I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm back at school. Finally, which is awesome. I love class. It's fun. Um, I got a little banged up last night, so I missed some classes. Yeah, I got a little banged up last night, so I missed my first class. But we're doing good. AB, I think you have to go McDavid, by the way. I think you have to go McDavid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's McDavid or McKinnon. I got him him with my second overall pick. Hey, it's easy McDavid or McKinnon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Dry sidles there too. Dry sidles so nasty. Ah, uh, yeah. But I know he's so good. McDavid. Love it. McDavid, it Love is. Love it. So let's get into it. Let's get into training camp. First of all, let's start with this. Um, have you heard of Jordan's flu game? Because I'm going through Coach's Corona game right now. I have the virus positive today. Good stuff. I've been absolutely crippled, so that's fun. But um, we're powering through. We're powering through. I've had no energy all day. I've been on the couch for like, you know what? Podcasts don't sleep. Never does. Neither do the Caps. So let's start with this. Let's kind of quickly go over these two scrimmages. I just want to go over the two goals from the scrimmages. I don't know if you guys saw these or not, but Char's point bomb, the whole the whole team gets Did up and like one, yeah. the whole team like gets up and gives him a standing ovation. And then you got Kuzi on a breakaway and he just takes a slap shot from like the top of the circles and just snipes Copley with it. You guys see either of those? Yeah. I saw yep, both, I saw of, both them. of them. Uh yeah. it's kind of sketching me out. None of those goals look good. No. <laughs> And like I was just like, what are you? Did he score on Sam's uh, Samsonov? I Chara? think Charles might have been on Anderson. Maybe I can't. I can't. I can't remember. I can't. Oh, okay. I I was, it didn't. 
I got to be honest, it did not look great, though. I was like, ooh. Uh-oh. No, it did Yeah, Oshi scored a goal. It was like a backhander from, like, the blue line. I thought someone tipped it, but I guess they didn't, and it was oh, really bad looking. God, this is not good. This yeah. is not a good start, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, t- today, Monday, yesterday – I mean, today for us, yesterday for the listeners, Caps made some significant moves with the roster. Uh, we'll start with the loans back to Hershey. And Cody Clark, Brett Leeson, uh, Garrett Pilon, Joe Snively, Riley Sutter, Axel Johansson, Fillet. And Henrik Lapierre, he has been loaned to uh, Chikutami, right? Is that right, Ben? In the Quebec Major Junior League? Did I say that right? Sounds right. No, well, that's, <laughs> thanks for helping, Canadian guy. But um, any I'm thoughts on, from there? <laughs> any thoughts on that? I mean, the only thing that really sticks out to me is I thought Snively played very well in camp, and I thought he'd at least make that taxi squad roster. But is there anything that kind of sticks out to you guys there? Uh, Cody uh, Clark needs to get a Hershey Bears Muskoka chair. <laughs> Cody Clark, get your Hershey Bears Muskoka chair. AB, I mean, Brent Leeson, he's back. To Hershey again, Snively, he's still in Hershey. And then, like I said, we're not even giving Lapierre a chance either, anywhere. Yeah, I mean, we kind of expected this, right? Like, Lapierre's not – he's not going to touch the roster, I don't think, for another two years maybe. I mean, we, we take forever with these fucking prospects, it feels like. We do. Um, mm-hmm. Brett Leeson has been always teetering on – he might make it this year, never does. It, it, dude, our, our, our roster is so, like – set in stone yeah exactly there's not yeah. a lot of places where people can like make their way into they're all kind yeah. of like filled there hasn't yeah. been any openings in how long yeah You're it's only the goal anywhere yeah so <clears throat> whatever so let's go to waivers in which the caps dropped a handful of guys daniel carr zach Fukali, shane gersich uh lucas johansson paul ledoux the guy we signed he's dropped see ya uh cam Schilling, michael scarbosa uh, Felipe Melliette and Phoenix Copley, our guy, AB, our best buddy. Um, NHL teams have today, have until today, Tuesday at noon, to make a claim. If they don't, Caps get the rights back and can option them down to Hershey. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of scared to lose Copley. And, you know, yeah, that's what I was thinking, uh, too. In terms of a team that needs some young goaltending and need, that needs a good, solid, maybe a taxi squad goalie, maybe even a second-string goalie, because, I mean, I don't, why people are so quick to forget how fucking good he was behind number 70 two years ago. Mm-hmm. I want yeah, to say he went like 17, 6, and 3 or something in those 20-something games. Yeah, he's one of the few goalies that has like NHL experience in their system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the only thing I can say is like who who's going to pick – who's going to take a chance on him in the NHL? I think I think he might be able to slide through, to be quite honest. Like, he, I hope. Just, like his, his not, he's not really that young, I don't think, anymore. What is he, 26, 27? Um. So I, I just think that, like, I, I just don't think – I don't know if other teams are going to give him a chance, which I really hope for his sake he does. I mean, he obviously wants to be on an NHL roster. 28, yeah. And so, so he's um, – and, he and he's, definitely, he's definitely good enough to be an NHL backup. Like, we've seen it. But does that leave Hershey with the no goalies now? Since well, I mean, we're going to get to it, but we're taking VTech up top. He's our backup. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like we yeah. need Copley to start in Hershey for us. Anderson. Yeah, I don't even know who's in Hershey. Is Anderson our taxi? I thought is it's uh is he is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's our taxi guy. We're gonna get on the, into all that. Uh Labliette made those decisions today. But I mean, outside of outside of that, the only thing that really is noticeable that sticks out. I mean, Shane Gershich, that's kind of a name that's been around the organization for a couple of years now. And then Paul Ledoux, like I said, the guy we picked up this year. Uh he gone. I think an interesting one's Lucas Johansson. Like I don't I just don't think this guy's ever gonna make the team. No, yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't yeah, think so. I think Until we go be... through a complete rebuild, once OB yeah. and back, you know, them are gone, and the only guy left is our captain, Tom Wilson. But I was gonna say, when are we like? Who knows if we actually ever do go? Like, it, it feels like 
McClellan doesn't want to go through a rebuild. Ever. No, not at all. He keeps so, getting like win now. Guys. Reload, baby. Reload. You so, have to. You have to have that mentality with the, the core we still have, though. You know, yeah, I feel well, yeah, like he's right. one of the few like GMs yeah. who's smart enough that like he could get out of this, like this era that they're in now, and not be like a bottom feeding team. Like I think he could like move pieces around properly. Right. That's yeah. that's what I was trying to say. like. I, like Detroit did it for what twenty four years. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I think he's gonna be like that kind of the the entire way through. Nashville kind of is doing that now, like where they're not rebuilding, but they're still not good. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Um, but they're not so I think, sucking but, the bottom of the standings up. Right. So, like, I think with guy, the guys that he's drafted, I think he thinks we kind of have gone th- – not gone through a rebuild, but tra- like tra- we're going to go through a transition period where it's going to be pretty tough, right? But I think he thinks McMichael might be the guy and Lapierre might be our yeah. guys of the future forward-wise. Um, it, we need defensive prospects. Egan Thaler's our only one. And yeah, I just wrote about that. Yeah, we really need yeah, right, prospects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, check it out on the Hockey Riders. Um, Thank you. So yeah, ch- yeah, check it out on the Hockey Riders. He, he mentions it, but uh, we we need a we need a stud D prospect, which we don't have. Mm-hmm. We do, and it's all, like obviously it's easier said than done, but it's just like they yeah. need to do Unless something. Unless you're Colorado, to... yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Colorado's got McCarr, uh, who's now a, just a superstar anyway, and then they got Byram coming up. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. have a couple D. Will you? Will you there? Jesus Christ! Lone one. Um, let's get to the good news now. McMichael currently in quarantine protocol. He'll be joining the boys some point this week. A reminder, he had four goals, four assists for eight points in that run to the silver medal in the WJCs. Yeah. All right. Have we talked since US won that? We haven't. We have. We yeah, have. US won. What <laughs> a game. Cool. That was cool. Stay what hot, AB, saying uh, that the, uh, the US team sucks this year. Woo. Oh, yeah, stay hot. Spencer Knight fucking shut her down, and that's Zegers kid. He's unreal. That kid's so gross. Dude, Dude, like gonna so have a gross. lot of fun with him. That have you seen the videos going around on social of him just like stick handling pregame? Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And he's so cocky. He's just like he's gonna be a good player. That's exactly that was the other thing I was gonna say. It was like the before when the tournament started, I was just, me and my dad were talking about yeah. it. We were like, this kid is such a douchebag. Like, I fucking <laughs> hate this guy. He's gonna suck, and he was our best player. Every team needs a good douchebag, though. Dude, have you seen so I just started following them on Instagram? They're great on Instagram, like it's Cole Caulfield. Zegris, um, yeah, they Jack have a whole Hughes. gang where they're yeah, always dude. together. Jack Hughes, Liam Hughes, the little, the the littlest Hughes brother or the smallest Hughes brother. Like it was, it's awesome to, it's awesome to see. They're just boys. Yeah, they just hang out all the time and go to like they get like cabins on the lake and shit and just like yeah. fire all weekend. They're definitely slaying so much poon. Oh, so <laughs> so much. Just firing it up on the weekends and cabins. Just like, hey, we're all going to the NHL. How's that? Yeah, uh, good. So let's kind of get to what really matters, and that's the actual roster itself. Like I said, it looks like uh, Uncle Pete made up his mind on who's on this team, and let's take it position by position here. We'll start with the goalies. Sammy Saves, named the starter. Uh, VTech, backup, and Craig Anderson as our uh, taxi squad goalie. Let's, uh, let's start with you, A.B. What are your thoughts on that? Good lineup? or uh, I Are we just, just sticking with goalies right now? Yeah, just goalies. Just goalies. All right. Yes. I am actually very, very confident. I mean uh, – I was a little shocked. I mean, we went out and got Anderson, and I thought like I thought Anderson still had some in the tank. I mean, he probably still does, mm-hmm. but the fact that they have this much confidence in Vanacek, I makes me confident. Um, yeah, because he must have done something during right. training camp to really yeah. impress Uncle Pete. Exactly, because uh, it was before before even uh, Lavs was here as as our coach. I think someone said something like, "I would not be shocked if Vanacek is just a straight up backup next year, and they don't go for anything on the market." And I was like. 
like at first I was like, uh, I don't know if I like that or not. But then I was just like, I something in me just flipped it. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just go like go all out for it. I mean, when these goalies get their one chance, I mean, most goaltenders, much like the quarterback position in football, they think I only have one shot to make it count. I got to yeah. fucking play my ass off. So that's kind of what I'm thinking with Vanacek. And he, I mean, he played pretty decent. Like who knows, like if they split time, I, I mean, Sammy's obviously going to get the majority of the starts, which that is actually. I mean, would you say like, so let's, let's think about, would you say like Sammy, maybe 35 games, VTech 15, Anderson, like five or six, something like, that. Oh, well, yeah. if none of them get hurt, then I don't know if yeah. Anderson gets any. Um, yeah, I guess it's true. So like 35, 15, 35, 20 sounds good to me, honestly. Um, the, the thing that I'm scared about, honestly, is Sammy playing too, like them have relying on Sammy too much. And he like goes through some dry spells because like I said, he was splitting time every, he was playing great, but like towards the end of that regular season, he kind of started slowing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I just think it may have been a little bit of beginner's luck. And, and he, he may have, he may have gotten some lucky saves here and there. Um, Cause there were some, there were some things in his game that he like, he would overslide a lot. I don't know if you ever noticed yeah. that he, he was kind of caught out of his net a lot, but he somehow would make an incredible save. So that's the part I am scared about a little bit. Um, I would like a 1A, 1B situation here, personally. At least he can uh, hold on to his stick, not like Askarov in Russia. Yeah. See that? yeah. <laughs> I mean, 16-6-2 and two last year, 255 goals against. Uh, he won 11 straight games to start the year and became the first goalie in NHL history to win uh, each of his first nine career road games in one season, which was pretty fucking nuts. I mean, Ben, he even got votes for Rookie of the Year last year. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm happy with this. I've always thought Vanacek would make a pretty decent backup in the NHL, but I'm also confident just because I don't think young guys like coming in, uh, I don't think there's ever like any really bad goalies coming into the NHL now. Like even in Columbus, they were unsure when they lost Bobrovsky, but then they got Corpusalo and Merzlikens, who are now both like 1A and 1B. So I think we're going to have that situation here in Washington too. Yeah, Lab straight up said these are two young goalies that need an opportunity. Now we'll get a chance to show what they can do. So we need a big year out of Sammy. Um, let's get to the D. Let's go to the D now. So the D D pairings are set. Orlov, Carly, Dilly Schultz, Chara, Jensen, and then it looks like that fourth pair is Siegs and TBR. Ben, we'll start with you this time. Stat guy Blake must be pissed. No Marty party on the back end. <laughs> yeah. That guy Blake is going to be fuming. We'll get him on here in a bit to give us some stats for that Buffalo game. But I, I like how it's set up right now. I really do. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that Siegenthaler's the odd man out here just because he was so strong last year. So I'm not going to be surprised if he finds his way into a lot of games this year. Exactly. Once Lavliet really gets a good look at him outside yeah. of just a training camp. Maybe what are your exactly. thoughts on those deep pairings? Looks like Chara's playing with Jenny, baby. Yeah, I love it too, honestly. Uh, I think Chara, again, we know we're get what we got him for. He is for the he's the Brooks or pick role now, except yep. he's Zidane Chara, so he might even block more shots and hit more players. Be in better shape. Um, be in better shape. And it's it's going to be awesome to see. Uh, it's also going to be very frustrating whenever he just fumbles the puck in his own defensive end because he doesn't know how to stick handle. I will say that. Um, <laughs> he is a chip it off the glass and go get it. Yeah, type back to Pee Wee's, buddy, just glassing yeah. out. Every time yeah. it touches the coach's dream. So yeah. I, I will. I, I see a lot of teams – kind of exploiting that. I know, I know the caps did, they said that was their game plan. Uh, every time they play the Boston is uh, dump it to Charles corner and, and, and see what happens. Try to make him fumble the puck. I mean, did they say that 
Yeah, they, uh, I forget who was the coach at the time, but he said, yeah, we, we like to dump it into his corner because he's uh, a li- he was a little slower and he was not as good as uh, stick handling wise. It just looks so bad when you bring him in. I didn't know that they said that. Yeah, <laughs> We'll blame it uh, on Uncle Todd. Yeah. But like in regards to our own defensive end, like when he what, he's probably going to be our best defensive player off the puck, I would think. Um, maybe not speed wise or anything like that, just positioning wise in front of the net. Like no one's going to own the front of our net. Yeah, which is big because I noticed that the Caps, like John Carlson misses a lot of assignments in front of the net, and I'm not yep. ever going to criticize John Carlson because I love him. Mm-hmm. But he does blow some assignments in front, and I don't think Char will ever do that. Right. So uh, I I like I like playing Char. Like I said, I, th- I think I said this last week, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Char gets like 30-something games. I actually love TVR as an extra guy too. I feel like he's a so pretty good I, D. Like a lot. Yeah. Him yeah, and Sieg's replacements are two very good D, I think. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them play. I haven't seen TVR play like enough to like get a, a strong opinion on him. Right. Um, <laughs> my only thing is that these two defensemen might be too good to be healthy scratches, which is yeah, that's concern. It's a good <laughs> it, problem to have, but it's it a great be- problem to have in a season like this. Yeah, I guess that's a, true. You got to consider that. It's a good problem to have right now. Oh yeah, ah yeah, I, okay. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. All right, cool. It's a great problem to have. <laughs> uh, well, I just don't want to like get them like like you know like it might piss them off, and then like it becomes like a locker room thing, and then I you know, think they all understand the circumstance of this year and what the deal is, and this team trying to win a cup with the roster they have. DVR also has a cup, which people forget. People do forget yes. that. Uh, let's get to the forwards now. So new coach, new lines, baby. Line one: Ov Backy Oshi, uh, Vrana Kuzi Willie, Panic Eller Sprong. Hags, Dowd, Hathaway, and then Shiri, uh, odd man out there. Well, I, I'll jump in here. I don't. I would rather have Shiri over Sprong in that situation. On that, I agree line. with that. I uh, haven't seen Sprong play enough. Personally. Yeah, I haven't either. So, I my thinking behind that is that he played very, Short very leash. well. Yeah, he played very, very well in the, in the camp and in, in this in the scrimmage. I mean, our boy Tarek said something about it, like said something about him making a very strong case to make the starting roster, and then he does. So he must have looked very good. Yeah. He must have done something to get that third line spot right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the goalie thing where if the coaches are that confident and I'm like, I'm not upset that he's in the lineup. I just, I would like to see Sherry get some ice right. too. Right. I would love to see Sherry, especially back to me getting fucking hard ons for Instagram posts. That Instagram that was going around like Chicklets and the Caps where he just one tees that from the, the oh, drop yeah. knee he and goes top right. That. I was like, why is he not in the fucking lineup now? <laughs> so casual too. That was like that's like the most casual like slow mo vid I've ever seen. Yeah, about. and it was just like up there. I was like, Jesus Christ, let me change my pants here. One um, so note puts- that I wanted to make on the forwards just before we change uh, subject no, is like I feel like Backstrom, Oshin, Ovechkin is like for two thirds that one of the slowest lines in hockey, and then their second line might be one of the fastest. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I was gonna go to next. Thoughts on the mix up in the top six, AB. Uh, I love when Backstrom, Ovi, and Oshi are all together. I absolutely just Backstrom and Ovi, really. Backstrom, Ovi, anyone. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know I like Oshi being on there too. I mean, obviously, I love the backy Ovi being back, but I think Oshi, like, I, I like how the, how often they switch it up. Um, I thought that I thought Uncle Todd was very slow when that happened. Like Ovi would go on a four or five game goal drought. And I was like me personally, I would always be like, all right, rotate him real quick. See if we can get him back on. Or like when we didn't score a single goal in the playoffs last year and didn't make any line changes except from the D. Exactly. Good, good coaching. Yeah. So um, I, I like, I love Oshi being on that. I think he is a perfect compliment for them. 
Um, I know Wilson does all the dirty work in the corners for them, and he gets a lot of loose pucks and stuff, and he ha- and he has speed, so he's always the first man in. But Oshie just ha- is a better better stick handler, and he can. I think he finishes more than Wilson does. Yeah, definitely. He's that chip and chase type motherfucker, man. Go down in the corner, get the puck out, give it to Backy, let Backy find Ovi, and then we're up six nothing. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. I do uh, like Oshie and Backstrom. They go into the corners, and obviously Ovi's a truck, so he'll just hit everything. So like yeah. that line's pretty skilled and pretty gritty. Yeah, and I yeah, and they're as as gritty as they are for superstars. I don't see this line dumping and chasing that often. No, no, I, I think no entries. Gonna... Let let Oshi or back carry the puck in and find yeah. Ovi and let's let's get to work. Do not let, let Ovi carry it in because he's gonna stop at the inside yeah. of the blue line and, and right let, cross ice. Right, and then just let Oshi feed the chickens, baby. You know how it goes. Yeah. Um, I like that fourth line a lot too. I think Haglin's really gonna. He's going to have this. I think he being on that fourth line is going to have a much better season than last year. I'm not saying he had a bad season five on five wise. He wasn't great, but yeah. obviously he's great on the PK and everything. Yeah. Like he's that. obviously like a PK specialist, but no, I think that fourth line will be pretty good. I think panic will have a better season than last year too. Let's hope. Cause I am very against third line panic. I was last year at least. So last thing before we start previewing these games, that puts the caps $3,456,000 on the $81.5 million cap. We made it by the fucking skin of our plums here. Hey. So I guess they don't technically need to make a trade, but they should probably make a trade because they have so many D. Yeah, I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. Well, well, 30 games into the season, we'll be like, all right, let's, we got to change something up here. Yeah, exactly. So that's for 29 and one. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. All right, so let's get into it. Let's preview Buffalo Thursday and Friday and then Pittsburgh Sunday. All right, so we're starting on Thursday and Friday with Buffalo Caps on the road to kick the season off. Uh, quick reminder, Friday's game, Friday's Buffalo game, it's going to be happy hour live show starting at 6.30. We're doing 10 of those this year. Uh, we're doing each team once, then like Philly twice, uh, or no, I think Islanders twice and Pittsburgh twice. But happy hour live, 6.30 to 7, 30 minutes up to game time. Uh, hop in, drink with us, do all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Buffalo. Let's go over Buffalo real quick. I mean, they had that acquisition of Taylor Hall sitting on that first line with Jack Eichel and Tage Thompson, Olafson Stahl, Ryan Hart on the second line, uh, Tobias Ryder, Cody Eakin, former cap. How are you? Uh, Kyle Ocposo on that third line, Dylan Cousins, Curtis Lazar, Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner, that insane goal scorer for them, what, three years ago, AB? Sitting yeah. on that fourth line. And then their defense is kind of – defense is their defense. I mean, outside of Ristolainen, yeah, yeah. Dallin, Jake McCabe, I guess, uh, Brandon Montour – Colin Miller and Henrik. Henry Yoki, how are you? Henry Yoki, how are you? Look at fucking Bingo. That's why we hired him. Um, yeah, so I mean, they, and then, but there's, their, their goalie situation is weird with Linus Allmark and Carter Hunton. So, Blake, why don't you start with some stats for us here? What are we looking at with the Buffalo Sabres this year? Yeah, so uh, offensively, uh, and I think this has been true for a while, Jack Eichel has been on an island for a while, just kind of by himself. Um, if you look at statistically, like that, that the amount of offensive contributions that come just from him and not from his line mates is staggering. Um, he they average an extra goal per hour at five on five with him on the ice versus without him. Um, but the addition of Taylor Hall uh, is is gonna really help him out. I think um, at least offensively. Um, he brings a lot of pressure in the offensive zone, especially uh, right in front of the net where you want you know, those loose puck feed the chickens type of goals. Um, he's had some issues with finishing. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, just shots don't go his way. Um, the, the one 
the one big knock on Taylor Hall that I'd say is defense is atrocious in his own zone. Um, the, uh, if you look at the heat maps, there's a ton of red in the offensive zone and a ton of red in the defensive zone. There's just going to be shots like crazy when he's on the ice for either team. Love it. So this is a Sabres team last year, three games against. Caps lose 5-2. They win 6-1 and then lose 3-2 in a shootout. Ben, does anybody on the Sabres scare you outside of Eichel and that first line, obviously, with him and Hall on it? I was actually going to say the fourth line scares me. Jeff Skinner's and Dylan Cousins are both super good offensively, at least. Like, I know Jeff Skinner had an off year, but this is a guy who used to bury, like, 30 consistently. Uh So I think it's a pretty weird fourth line because it'll be going up against, like, the Hathaways and Dowds. But I think that line could score for Buffalo, so they'll need to be shut down. Is that Dylan Cousins from, like, the Canadian? Yeah, like, leading point guy. And he's he's playing on their fourth line? Yeah, apparently. Good God. Like, well, like, <laughs> that's, that's kinda, yeah, that's kind of scary. Like, he was, he's fucking nasty. And then you, you got a guy, shit. yeah, you got a guy like Skinner who can finish. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good recipe for them right there. Um, the other player that I, uh, think he had a great season last year was Olofsson. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he was a, was he a rookie last year? Or was that two years ago? I think, yeah, I think it was last year. Uh, he was, and he was scoring goals like left and right. I, I forget how many he ended up with, but, <laughs> He was he was basically their power play specialist. He's basically their OV, and he was just ripping. I remember he had like he had like eleven goals at one point in the season, and all eleven of them were on the power play. Mm-hmm. And that, and that was early in the season. I was like, who was I was like, who the fuck is this kid? I had never even heard of him. Um, but other than that, yeah, like like Jack Eichel. I mean, he's obviously the type of player that can take over a game by himself. Um, but uh, their defense their defense is just kind of weak. I mean, Rista Linen's good. Darlene's good. Um, but uh, that's our, our, I think our second and third lines are going to have to kind of dominate this game. Yeah. Agreed. Another, another big area for us is going to be uh, special teams. I know we, we talked about that a lot last season, uh, yeah. with a lot of the struggles, but, um, the, the Sabres penalty kill was abysmal last season. And if that trend continues, this would be a really good opportunity to get off on the right foot for the Caps power play just like get some momentum going into you know teams with actual penalty kills last year uh the Sabres had the second worst penalty kill in the league right behind the infamous Detroit Red Wings who were you know the worst team the league has ever seen in every category so um you know that definitely something we want to take advantage of if we get the opportunity I kind of like Buffalo's first power play unit it's kind of gross yeah Eichel Hell. Um, who's who's centering it? Ryan, Michael centering with Reinhardt and Hall, and then you got Dallin and Olafson on the points. I feel like Reinhardt's pretty good, pretty underrated. Yeah, Reinhardt is very underrated. He's he's a solid player. Very good. Um, so is this an ideal team to start this season off with the fucking sweep for us? I mean, guys. I mean, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's that confidence that has me worried. It's just like, what if you know? This guy knows, man, you sound like a gambler right now. It's been what two years since the last hockey game was played. Like Blake wants to fade the public. That's that's what he's doing right now. <laughs> that's Fading a gambler. Fading his friends. <laughs> I mean, um, I guess if there's a team you you'd want the the Sabres, but I just Yeah, I mean, who who else would you want in, in our uh, the Red Wings? 
in our in our I want the Red Wings. <laughs> Red Wings, but <laughs> I mean, realistically speaking, if we just want to skip ahead to it, I'm, I'm. This is a Pittsburgh team that still has their main weapons. They still have this, that, and the other. But it's a team that we saw struggle mightily towards the end of last year, and especially when we got to that bubble and everything. Yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of in the same boat as us. They're a little younger than the, than the Cavs, obviously, but. Um, I mean, you're right. I, I kind of, I kind of didn't even realize those two parallels. Like they're, they, they basically had the same sort of season where they started, both teams started off pretty hot. I mean, they didn't start off as hot as we did, but they, they finished very poorly And that. I mean, you got to think age like has something to do with it. I mean, they always have had the, I wouldn't say goaltending struggles, but like they had Matt Murray put not play as good as he was at some point. And then they had Jerry come in out of nowhere and then become a stud they also got smoked with injuries last year true oh, okay. i mean looking at their first lineup gensel crosby and evan rodriguez right now it's just kind of like who it's just a random guy's you know, yeah. game gonna play on crosby's line and probably yeah. score 50 points yeah but billman those are the most dangerous players you never know who what their name is and then crosby gives him 40 goals that season so. i specifically wow. remember saying i'll be pissed if a guy with the last name rust becomes like a stud in the nhl and last year he was over a point per game yeah he was dude i had him in fantasy last year i was like who the fuck is this guy but he's awesome and even if you yeah. even if you think about the time that we beat them, we basically turned it around on them. We had guys like Nate Walker coming in and getting <laughs> yeah, in on the game winning goal. Like Alex Chase on the Chison, yeah, on that one one on that first goal of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like we had no names scoring against them is how we beat them. That's true. We had nobody in that game six. Uh yeah. so let's start to wrap it up here with these predictions. Over these next three games, A B, let's start with you. what are the caps gonna do here? Three and one. I think over we're going three th- games over three games. We're gonna go three and one. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was four. All right, two and one. Two and one. Blake. Yeah. yeah, I think we'll split with Buffalo and then beat the Penguins. Love it, Ben. Yeah, I'll go one, one, one. One, one, one. All right, then. Yeah, th- one, th- one that's loss, that's the interesting. Loss. That's the interesting thing about these back to backs. It's like that first game is so important. If you lose it, you're kind of fucking like, oh shit, we really need this one to avoid this sweep because you can't have too many of them sweeps throughout the year. It's like baseball. Almost, mm-hmm. you know, the, the three game series, you win that first one, you got to just win one of the last two and win these series. Um, so one of the th- one of the things that's really going to benefit the Caps this season about these like repeat repeatedly playing the same team over and over again is is how hard we hit and how big we are. We're, we're like the fifth heaviest team in the league on average. And obviously, you know, we have four of the top 20 hitters or whatever. And we, we you know, it's these series are going to get physical. They're going to get gritty. They're going to get chippy and that that works in our favor love it that that's one of blake's takes today baby every monday one of blake's takes was a hit and so with that being said guys let's kick it over to rob carlin all right guys we now welcome on a very special guest he was the face and voice that brought you through every pre-game intermission and post-game show for the past couple years a local emmy winner for his outstanding hosting and tv personality skills host of the new podcast the capitol building podcast Guys, the incredibly talented Rob Carlin. Rob, how are you? Welcome to the show. Wow, that was a hell of a lead-in, man. That was fantastic. <laughs> Can you follow me around? <laughs> right, we got we to pump tires around here. We got to do it. Yeah, man, I, as you kept saying, and I was like, damn, who's joining us? This guy sounds good. <laughs> and then you're like, damn, look at me. How about that? How about that? So, Rob, good to have you. How's, uh, I mean, I guess, how's quarantine and everything been treating you? I mean, we, we've started to get, we got a little bit back to normal, a little bit, it seemed like. But now that we're getting into the winter, it looks like we're bunkering back down here. Yeah, getting ready to bunker down too. I, I have a bad feeling about how this winter is going to go. Um, you know, it's uh, it's funny and not funny, but 
you know, people come up to me since, uh, you know, I lost the job and they're like, well, I hope you're at least spending a lot of time with your family. I'm like, it's all I've been doing since March. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah, prefer not to at this point. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Like a <laughs> terrible time for that. But, um, you know, we're good. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving. My in-laws usually come. They're from Michigan. And, you know, my sister-in-law was funny because my in-laws wanted to come. We wanted them to come. They're mm -hmm. awesome. They're super fun. <clears throat> and uh, we wouldn't, neither one of us would say it's a bad idea. And finally, my sister-in-law was like, you guys are playing this weird game of COVID chicken. Just say you're not going. <laughs> and finally, we're like, yeah, yeah, it's really not safe. Don't drive through Ohio and Pennsylvania to get here. So it's just going to be the immediate family. And we'll, uh, we'll make the best of it like everyone else. Love it. Love it. So let's start with the new podcast here. I mean, always loved you on Capitals Talk. In my opinion, it was always the second best podcast because obviously we, we're a little biased here. But so you launched a new one, the Capital Building Podcast. A couple, handful of episodes in, some good listens too. So kind of talk about that a bit. Uh, kind of the basis of the show, what listeners can expect. I mean, is it all caps? Or do you mix in some other stuff? What do you got going on there? Yeah, I mean, it's basically all caps, um, but I'll, I'll bring in, you know, other beat reporters to cover other teams. It's all going to be, you know, around hockey and around what affects the caps. I mean, obviously, uh, I had Ian McIntyre from Vancouver to talk about Holtby signing there, and now right. it's Beegs and Holtz and uh, Nate Schmidt gets traded there. So, like, all of a sudden, they became the caps of the Pacific Northwest and um, you know, so I, I, it's going to be a lot of what you heard on the Capitals Talk podcast, just good hockey talk. Um, you know, after I lost the gig, I was kind of like, what do I do now, even just to fill a void? And, you know, you guys, I'm sure you're familiar with it. it, it right now, podcast is kind of a, a, a side hustle until yeah. you make it big. And um, so I got I got in with this group, uh, Blue Wire Podcast, which is a really exciting up and coming company. Actually, was founded by a kid from a kid. He's a he's a he's a man, but for, <laughs> compared to me, he's a kid um, from Northern Virginia who was a Caps fan and went out to the Bay Area to cover the Warriors and the uh, Niners on radio and um, was like, well, I can't pay my bills working in radio, so we started this podcast company. And he's built a nice little machine they've got going there. So I'm, I'm in with them and we'll just continue the Caps talk as long as they'll, as long as people will keep listening, I'll, I'll keep putting it out there. Love it. So one of your previous episodes, you know, you had Bruce Garriott on, you guys talk a bit about the NHL, the NHLPA. There's been a ton of disagreements, even ownerships from different teams are up and down and this, that, and the other. And you guys talked about kind of how this could all put the season in jeopardy. I mean, if it really does come down to it, do we see an NHL or the owners or the PA stoop so low over these disagreements that they just delay the season even more, potentially even can it? Because, I mean, we're looking at the NBA here has come out with their saying, saying we're starting December 22nd, we're running down this path, we're doing this, this, and this, and all is good, but we're still kind of very shaky here uh, in terms of getting on the ice. You know, I said it in the podcast, uh, if there is a league that would shoot itself in the foot and do something so stupid, it would be the NHL <laughs> to do something like this because they can't afford it. The NBA still has superstars and personalities and you're just gonna, if LeBron's playing, there's gonna be an audience. The NHL doesn't have that in the States because Connor McDavid, A, is on the West Coast, B, plays in Edmonton, mm -hmm. and C, most of America doesn't even really know who he is. So, and they don't, you know, Ovi and Sid have had their run for a long time. I don't know that it still has that juice even. So, I, it's, it would be really ill-advised. I understand that owners can lose millions and millions of dollars, will lose 
have lost millions and millions of dollars, but this league cannot afford. They've had too many lockouts and too many strikes. They're still a niche sport in this country. So they have to get it done. They will get it done. Uh, and Bruce, you know, spelled it out on the podcast. And it really, when he said it, I was like, Jesus, there's no time for this. I mean, it really had to be done mm-hmm. last week to get players in to, to Canada quarantined for two weeks to start a training camp to be ready for January one, right? That was their big thing is January one, which I think all of us hockey fans would love for it to, that it would be ideal is to yeah. start on January one and, and continue to own that day. Um, I, I just don't think it can happen now. So, and that's just, that's like producing a show. You're just back timing, right? Like, I yeah. just, we got to be out by Jan. We got to be ready to go by January one. The math isn't really equating anymore. So I think they'll, they'll start somewhere in mid to late January and play a 48 to 56 game schedule somewhere in that ballpark. And then, you know, leave a, a week or so open for any cancellations. I think they've learned from baseball and they've learned from the NFL that you're going to ha- and certainly from college football now that you're going to have to adapt and be ready for cancellations and especially in an indoor arena in the dead of mm-hmm. winter. So I think they're just going to, they probably have 73 different plans ready to go. And eventually as soon as they can work out the money, because this is like the mafia and politics, yeah. follow the money. Um, they're asking the players to give more, but they'll work it all out and get a product on the ice at some point. Yeah. Well, when you started that answer, you said the only league that would shoot themselves in the foot like this is the NHL. I would argue that the MLB could do that as well. They've shot themselves in the foot many, many times, but they, but they, they're always there. I mean, like they, 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 they played there. through there when everyone was ripping them at the beginning, when games were being canceled and, there was that stretch where, you know, one team had played 12 games and one team had played two. And everyone was like, what are we even doing here? I was like, dude, we're figuring it out. Like, mm-hmm. that's all anyone could do. Yes, Major League Baseball will find ways to shoot itself in the foot for sure. Yeah. But they did the right thing and they just said, we're starting and we're going to figure this out until we get a champion. Yeah. Much like hockey did last year. Yeah. I think hockey just can't flirt with baseball through all its warts. It's still mm-hmm. baseball, man. There's still right. a romantic part of baseball. And hockey doesn't have that. Not in the U.S. anyway. The the other parallel between the two is you you bring up the McDavid part, um, like how he plays in Edmonton, he plays in Canada. It, they just don't market him well enough. MLB does the same thing with Mike Trout. It's it's unreal. You know, it's like he's the, he's the best player in the, in the MLB, but he's playing on the Angels. He's not, he's not playing like – well, I mean, the Angels have a pretty good market, obviously, but – Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's but he's lost on the west coast yeah you're right yeah. he's lost late at night on a bad team that's insignificant the the difference is again baseball is baseball so you're still going to see that majestic swing right it's still going to yeah. come all over Connor mcdavid other than those handful of goals that are going to you know buzz twitter mm-hmm. it's not gonna it's just it's just not gonna penetrate the mainstream sports stratosphere in the states i mean ben you're in canada I remember mm-hmm. the first time I went to Canada, I was working with the Islanders broadcast at that point for MSG network. And I went to Canada. I, obviously everyone knows Canada is hockey is everything. Mm-hmm. I went there and I remember watching TSN one night and I was like, they're doing like three minutes of highlights off the top of this Canucks game. Like I can't believe how much attention it was. It was a three minute highlight, a package from a reporter 
more sound. I was like, this is one game in like, in like November. Like what? I can't believe how much attention is shown to every single game in Canada. And it is, it ain't that in the States. And I, I, I mean, honestly, you can't name three guys that would really make people turn their heads and say, Ooh, I got to watch that in the U S and that's a problem. Yeah. Um, so you kind of answered this question a little bit before, but what is your unofficial official prediction of what will happen in the 2020, 2021 season? What I said about 48 to 56 games, somewhere in that, in that run. And they will look, I love the playoffs. I thought the playoffs were great. Yeah. You know, it was fantastic drama. I thought they did an amazing job. And the, the main director for NBC actually lives here in my neighborhood. And he said during, <laughs> we'd be at the neighborhood pool during the pause. And we'd be talking about like, how is this all going to look? How is it going to feel? And he said, he told his bosses at NBC, this needs to now become a TV show. Mm -hmm. it, it is a, a great mm -hmm. sporting event, but we don't have the crowd. We don't have the intensity. We're not going to get the cutaways of all the fans cheering. We're not going to be able after a goal to scan the crowd and see all of that and hear them. So this is, a, has to become a TV spectacle. And I thought they did an amazing job of making it visually yeah. appealing. Um, I thought the NBA did a good job. I thought the, the NBA made themselves feel smaller and more intimate mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a smaller mm -hmm. arena. The NHL made it like it was a big grand uh, Broadway performance. Mm -hmm. At least that's how I felt. Yeah. So I thought they did a great job of it and they'll do something along those lines. Again, it's going to be odd during the regular season. Cause I think they're going to try and play in home arenas. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to have to figure that <laughs> they're going to have to figure out how to keep people safe and healthy. Right. But I think visually it'll be great. For sure. So what we do when we have people on the first time is kind of go through their background, whether it's a player, media, the member of the media, anything like that. So kind of take us through your story growing up playing sports. You know, like you mentioned, grew up on Long Island. I mean, and then take us through kind of when you first got into the media game and becoming a sports show host on so many different platforms. Yeah. So I was eight years old living on Long Island when the Islanders won their first of four straight Stanley Cups. So I was like, well, this is the greatest sport ever invented because my team wins every single year. I mean, <laughs> I mean, imagine too, like back then, <laughs> 16 guys won all four cups. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, it wasn't, it was before free agency. So you knew those guys so well. They won, tw I think it was 19 or 21 straight playoff series. Like it was absurd yeah didn't was, they go to the finals the year that they stopped winning the cup yeah they lost that's to edmonton ridiculous. yeah they lost to edmonton it was the drive for five it was one for the thumb that's what we were all and and so i so they won when i was eight nine ten eleven and then when they lost that year i was supposed to i was whatever eight nine ten eleven. i was 12 years old i was having a sleepover at my buddy brian silver's house and uh as the like that that game was unfolding. I think they lost in five games that year, maybe to Edmonton. And as it was unfolding, I was like, Oh God, they're going to lose tonight. I called my parents and I was like, you got to come get me. I'm not going to be able to handle this. And you and never talked to Brian Silver again. I, I blame <laughs> it on him. And I cried and cried and cried. I couldn't believe that they had lost, but yeah. So I grew up on Long Island, huge Islanders fan. Um, but the funny thing is 
when I got into hockey, so I, I started my career in doing sports in the local news. Mm-hmm. I worked in Salisbury, Maryland. I worked in Birmingham, Alabama, which for a Jew from Long Island was a bit of a culture shock for me. Um, I worked in Baltimore. I worked in New York. And then I got the gig with MSG Network. And I, I always kind of make the joke that I didn't know how little I knew about hockey until I started working in hockey. Like I was always like a, a, a big fan of hockey, but not like, mm-hmm. and especially as my career took me to all these different places. I was so focused. Yeah, I'm sure on you weren't covering sports. hockey in Birmingham, Alabama. Correct. <laughs> yes. It was not very big there. Um, so, although it's funny because Nick Dowd grew up in Alabama. Yeah. So I, he and I talked about Auburn more than we talked about hockey when he first came here. But um, so, you know, when I started getting into it, I was like, man, I don't know a lot of the um, where guys come from. Like if you're, if you're, if you're covering the NFL and you tell me that a player played at Florida state, I have a plot line to take me through. I could, I could walk up to that player and ask him questions just based off of his background. You know, if I knew it came down to Texas, you know, USC, Alabama, and, and uh, you know, Florida state and he went to Florida state, I got a whole background that I could talk about with this guy. When I started getting into the juniors, you know, where they played their junior hockey yeah. and, you know, the midgets and all that. And I was just like, and these guys, guys that cover the NHL and live in that world are encyclopedic about that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know it cold, you will get called out on it. Mm-hmm. And I got called out a few times. And then I just, it was like going to, you know, like grad school. I just worked and grinded and studied and listened and, you know, got to a point where I felt comfortable in just about any conversation. But um, yeah, so it was, it was a, it was a, it was not a, it was not a quick rise. It was a long, slow, steady climb. And uh, the last nine years at NBC Sports Washington were the best of my career and, um, you know, ended up covering a Stanley Cup run. So not much better than that. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, then the Islanders job comes around and you become the pregame host. Was that, was the NHL always the goal or was it more so just any professional sport since you're such a big sports fan? Yeah, it was any professional sport. And it's funny because uh, when you're in this business, it's a, uh, the guy at Fox 45 in, in Baltimore where I got my start as a producer, his name is Bruce Cunningham. And he said, you're never really in this business until you've been fired at least once. <laughs> so, um, so I was actually working in Baltimore. I was getting married. This is uh, August of 09. And my boss called me in and said, go have a great wedding. Enjoy your um, honeymoon. Uh, in October, we're shutting down the sports department. And I was like, what? That, that's how you're presenting that? Like, go, he's, go so start he's the guy that your says- life. You're going to be unemployed in three months. Yeah. And um, the crazy thing is, as I got on the as I got on the shuttle, we had parked the car at BWI. I got on the shuttle to fly to Michigan. Uh, I got a call from WNBC in New York asking if I could freelance. I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to get married. Then I'm going to Croatia, but I'll be back in like two weeks. And they're like, oh my God, go have the best time. Call us when you get back. And a friend of mine um, who I went to college with had been working at MSG Network. She had taken another job. I reached out to her. She told me who I should email at MSG. I sent an email before I left to go get married. And when I landed in Croatia, I checked my emails and there was an email asking me to come in for an interview at MSG Network. So I, I got on the shuttle with staring unemployment in the face <laughs> and I got back from Croatia with two job offers in New York. So um, I ended up taking the Islanders job. And, and again, 
this is the team I grew up loving. Right. I got to work with Butch Goring, who I was actually in the arena at nine when they won their second cup. And he was, he won the Conn Smythe. So I got to work with a guy who, you know, won the four cups. And I remember sitting at lunch one day and he's telling me stories about him and Gretzky and some of the old battles and wars. And we were there for a while and he's talking. He's like, he's like, Rob, am I, am I boring you? I was like, Butch, I'll skip the game and sit here all night and listen to the, if you told the nine-year-old me that I'd be sitting here with Butch Goring hearing stories about trash-talking Wayne Gretzky, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome to get that chance to uh, be involved. And I, I've said this about being on the Caps broadcast, and that's how I feel about the Islanders broadcast, too, is when you're a part of the pregame show, to me, there's a huge honor and responsibility because you're now a part of the fans nightly experience mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. i grew up watching the islanders it was jigs mcdonald and eddie westfall and stan fishler was in the pregame show and those guys were just as important as brian trache and mike bossy and john tonelli and all those guys because that was part of the experience i just i tuned in to listen to them mm -hmm. and when fans say that the cup run a lot of fans have come up and said man i kind of lived it through you and alan's you know love and how much fun you guys had that means and meant the world to me because i know how important that is to the to the people at home watching yeah and it's an it's an 82 game season and like when it's the same crew for however many years you it becomes like a permanent thing in our brain we're used to it. it's like oh it's 6 30 i have to turn this on now because it's rob and alan and gp and johnny on the broadcast they're going to get us ready we know what they're going to talk about we know the segments they're going to go through and then we can expect an intermission and then like you said too when playoffs come around and even when they were showing the clips of like all right here's how the media desk reacted when the caps lost in overtime again <laughs> and everybody's right. pissed or like what the hell's going on man but yeah it just becomes fine-tuned in our brain to just expect that and know it and be like all right cool we're ready for it it's yeah time. like that's that's the official start of the night right i mean yeah. that's mm -hmm. Right. So that's you're in your seat and you're ready by 630, even though the game's not starting until like 708. Right. Right. Totally. And I, I remember, again, I've told this story a lot. I remember landing in Tampa on the cup run and there was like an 11 year old kid and I'm getting off the plane. I have my headphones in and there's this kid standing in a Caps jersey, you know, right at the front. And he waved and I you know, it's like awkward. I was like, man, it looked like he was waving right at me, which is weird. I don't know that <laughs> child. Me? Right, right. Then he waved again. And I totally did that. I looked back like, is, is he, I, does, I don't know this kid. Like, this is getting weird now. And I walked off and I took my headphones out. And he's like, are you Rob Carlin? And I was like, I am. And he's like, yeah, I, know, I recognize you when you got on the plane. Do you mind if I take a picture? And his mom came over and took a picture. And, you know, it was cool. We talked for a minute and then he walked ahead with his mom and, you know, she did the kind of like pull you in tight, like, how cool was that? And I like stepped up and I tapped her and I was like, Hey, if you think that was cooler for him than it was for me, you're crazy. <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, I was that kid. And for an right. 11 year old to recognize the pregame show host, I was mm -hmm. like, that dude's a, he's a sports fan. He's tuned in. Yeah. You he's know, tuned he's tuned in. in. So awesome. I was like, yeah, it was great. It was very cool. I have to ask, was it tough switching loyalties from the Islanders to the Capitals? Because I could never. <laughs> so the first night uh, they played the Islanders, and this is, you know, back in 2012 when I first started mm -hmm. doing the Caps games, Alan May is, you know, is sitting there. And I, I come and sit down. He hasn't said a word about this, but I did purposely wear 
a blue tie with a little orange in it. It was like my own little quiet homage to the team I grew up a fan of. And when you're in this business, you do kind of switch allegiances because you get to know the players, you get to know the coaches. So that fandom, while I, I, I love the Islanders in my heart, I love the caps in my heart too. Like I, I've just been mm-hmm. around so much, mm-hmm. but at that point, the caps were not a part of me yet. So I was like, right. oh, I'll just wear a tie. No one will even recognize like this it. new team. I kind of hope we smoke them a bit, you know, dust right, them off. Right. Like- Meanwhile, the Islanders suck back then. So there's yeah. just like no chance of that. So, uh, so the show starts and I'm, you know, I'm like, Hey, welcome in. Whatever the name of the show was at that point, caps pregame live. Like the Comcast um, days, baby. Yeah, we we every year they change the name of the show, so I don't even remember what the name of the show was then. But um, I said, yeah, I'm you know alongside Alan May, I'm Rob Carlin. You know, Caps and Islanders tonight. Uh, John Tavares, you know, you got to slow him down tonight. Uh, Alan, what do you think the key is? And he just goes, nice tie. Da-da-da. And he just kept talking. I was like, that son of a bitch called me out for my tie instantly. I was like, God damn it so yeah he he totally so it was it was tough for a while at the beginning i was when the caps would play the islanders i was watching the islanders play the caps midway through and certainly in the last couple of years there were literally nights where they were playing the islanders i i totally forgot that it was even the islanders like it 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 was just another team and i was so focused on the caps and so Mm -hmm. into what they're doing that it you know i was like oh oh right it's the islanders so yeah, it's um, I always say the, the, the playoff series for me between the Caps and the Islanders, I couldn't lose because either right. my childhood team is going to advance on or the team that makes everything better in my life <laughs> advances on. So and that cup run, I was oh. just as happy and as proud as any lifelong Caps fan. All right. What year was that transition for you where it was finally watching the <laughs> I, or the Caps versus the Islanders, and now the Islanders versus the Caps. Like, what team was that? That was probably uh, that was probably around. So I start. So when I first was doing the Caps, I was, you know, like I I was on the, I was part of the Caps broadcast in 2012. I was brought here to be part mm-hmm. of the Caps broadcast, and but I also did our nightly news shows. I was on the Redskins beat during the RG three years. So that so I would, it was always like sort of split time. Then Sports Talk Live came up with B Mitch, and I did that and the Caps. I started full time on the Caps, where that was the only gig in 2018 for the Cup Run. The 2017 yeah. 18 season was the first year where it was only me, but I had established myself. So I would I would say it was probably around the 16 17 season. So it was a couple of years in, but not hardcore Caps years. Yeah. But right around then, I had been doing it for so long that. You know, I, the depression really started to hit you that we all still yeah, every yeah. year. Correct. Yes. Shat, no, that, was that the Shattenkirk year? That was the Shattenkirk year. That was the, that was the Shattenkirk year. Yes. <laughs> and I thought I they're going to win the cup this year. Yep. And Everyone, then I was like, oh, I get year. why all these Caps fans are like this now. Because yep. I thought I thought slam dunk. This is a cup year, and they lost yep. again. Yep. So yeah, I think that was it. But that, but like, and really, what happened was again, this goes back to being in this business. The guys on the Islanders that I covered were like Kyle Oposo, I think had left mm-hmm. at that point, you know, uh, Tavares was still there, but like slowly the guys go. that, uh, Andy McDonald had left, like guys that were there, Wisnowski, they, they were yeah. transitioning into a new team. Yeah. So like my allegiance wasn't 
to that, the guys that I got to know a little bit anymore. Right. Um, so you work uh, actually building off that. I mean, you spent close to like 10 years at Comcast Sportsman at NBC Washington, obviously covering more than just a cap. So I'm sure you've got a ton of memories from your time there. Uh, we want to get into some of that. So what's your uh, favorite caps memory, specific game or anything like that? The cup. I mean, it's yeah. not even, yeah. not, it's even not even close to anybody. I mean, it's well, besides, so besides the cup, outside fair. of the cup, what do you have? When you say besides the cup, is that anything on the cup run or? Sure. Yeah, we'll include the cup run. The, the, the cup run, I think everyone's favorite moment was Koozie knocking out the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, that was, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, they they had the video of me doing the bird. Um, yeah. They turned yep. the camera. Right. Because I didn't know the goal went in until I saw him do that. Alan immediately jumped up on the stage. He knew it went in. I, I was kind of looking. I was like, what, what just happened? And I looked at Alan and I looked back down and I saw him doing the bird. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. They yep, just yep. knocked out Pittsburgh. So um, that was incredible. And the funny thing was, so we were like in the stands. We were at the top yeah. of the first section of stands. Um, that's where we did our show from. So they knock them out. Boom, we're, we're sitting down, putting IFBs in, getting ready to to do the show and uh all these penguins fans and i am literally right on the edge so they're filing out a foot and a half away from me and we're getting ready we have our microphones you know nbc sports washington uh-huh. and they're all just like f you go back to dc and of course i have alan with me so i'm like bye bye now so talk long. shit to him yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. take care Stand now see him. ya yeah, yeah. I, I definitely had like I had I was your muscle tough because I had Alan sitting next to me. Yeah, you had the and, muscle. Yeah, and I would have been screaming at these guys. <laughs> it was it was tough not to, man. Because yeah. they were just being so I was like, and it was like one of those moments where um I was like, dude, you just won back to back cups. Yeah. Like, yeah. what more do you want? And you know? we never like, beat you, so chill out. Chill yeah. out for a second. Let us but, get uh, one. yeah, it was it was extra sweet to see them filing out so down like they were just angry and pissed off and i was like oh i know this i've seen caps fans like this a lot (laughs) so long there are definitely times when i think i hate pittsburgh more than i actually like the caps i don't don't know if that's bad or not but that's just how i feel sometimes but that's That's a lifelong of being lifetime being kicked in the midsection yep by the same team lower than the midsection right 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 yes over and over again yes i get that um, kind of staying on the topic uh what's which is your favorite caps team besides that cup team Um, when was when did they have the best chance to win the cup when they didn't do you think i think it was the year before yeah i think it was the year before um i thought that team really had a chance i thought man this team is so loaded and so good and um, and I, 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 you know, it's something that will never be proven, but I do believe had they beaten Pittsburgh, they would have won that cup. Yeah. I think they were the second best team in hockey. And, um, you know, it, they never got that year where all the, all the guys chipped in Yeah, and 18, they finally got everyone doing something. That's what we said. Everyone, every night had to have an effect on the game in one way, shape or form. And in 18, they did. But that year before I thought they're better than Pittsburgh this year. They're just better yeah and uh that that was the year i, I was mean, they, so stunned they outplayed them too that entire series and they right. just they just ended up losing it yeah and that's what that's what that's why you get that feeling of hating pittsburgh because you're yeah. like i don't understand 
they're be- they've played better. How did they lose this game? It was like three goals in five minutes by Pittsburgh and blows 55 great minutes. Yep. And um, yeah, that, and I'm telling you, man, when they came back for that year that they won the cup, that you walked into the room in, in training camp and you were like, Oh, this room's broken. They are not over that loss. Like you felt it. Mm-hmm. You felt it like early on that they were not, uh, you know, I, I, we, we all know, I mean, Trotz almost got fired a couple of times. That oh, yeah. team mm-hmm. was broken. We had Joe B on and he told us like, dude, there was multiple times where Trotz would come up to me on the plane and be like, I don't think they're going to let me on this plane tonight. <laughs> I yeah. really don't. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The other, I was going to bring up Joe, the Joe B interview too. He actually said his answer was, we asked the same question. It was the 13, 14 team, which I thought was interesting because usually people say that 16, 17 team was the best team. And on paper, they were unbelievable, especially after that Shattenkirk trade, you think, Oh, this is let's go. Mm-hmm. This is it. And it just didn't happen. Well, I, I think I remember that 13, 14 season. If I remember correctly, um, Carl Alsner, when they got eliminated, because at that point, Alsner Mm -hmm. was still part of that core of failed expectations. And he was great because he was always going to talk to the media. So you'd always get something from him. And I remember him saying after they lost, um, and it's one of those simple statements, but you knew when he said it, what he meant. He was like, we're never going to be that team until we're finally that team. And I was like, yeah, man. There's only so many years where people say, oh, the Caps are great. The Caps are a Stanley Cup contender. If you lose year after year after year in the second round, we're not even talking about getting to the Eastern Conference final. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I do remember him saying that. And I was like, oh, no, they're going to have to blow this up now. Like these guys are starting to realize this is too many years of failing, of falling miserably short. Yeah. Not, not, not losing in game six in the cup, not losing in overtime in game seven in the Eastern Conference final. They're in the second round and they can't get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something's wrong. And I, I do remember, yeah, Joe B is right. That team was really good. And and I and 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 that right around that generation, that 13, 14, 14, 15 <laughs> year, which is a whole other thing, but that's when you started going like, okay, something more has to change. They can't just keep bringing in these parts around the edges. And that's when, like, at that's least when the trade OV rumors started to fly. Between right, at least like, amongst. Right, but if you remember back then, because I remember talking with Chuck Gormley, who no, was our yeah. insider back yeah. then, and Chuck was wired in, and right. Chuck was not afraid to ask a tough question. <clears throat> so sometimes in our business, especially when you're a broadcast partner, certain subjects you kind of have to gloss right. over. Right. He was not afraid. And um, I remember having a conversation with him where he said to me, there's people in the organization that want to trade him. That's crazy. And, and, and it was just like, and I always said, well, if you're going to, if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to take TNT and blow it up, trade Backstrom, because at that point, Backstrom was so widely respected. You could have gotten seven players or, you know, three players and four draft picks. Right. Then you're setting the whole team up for a, a new course. But I was like, hey, you can't be the guy that traded Ovi. You're never going to get back. But he felt, at least within the organization, there were there was a growing feeling of maybe that's the right thing to do. Now, no one 
will ever ad- admit that no. publicly. And I don't know who. Not says. now, especially. No, <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely not. Right. But th- there was like, again, how many times can you fail miserably before yeah. you go, okay, we got to just blow this whole thing up. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to go back to the uh, 2017 caps you talked about. Now you obviously don't know this firsthand, but do you think that's how Tampa Bay felt this year after being swept by Columbus last year? You think they For were sure. broken? For, yep. sh- for sure. They, they said that I had Jeff Halpern on one of the episodes of the Capitol building podcast. And he said, he, he was actually funny. He was like all off season. We kept saying, don't talk about the series. Do not talk about the series. We have to move on. Do not talk about it. And he was like, literally every single day we brought it up. We could <laughs> not avoid it. We're bringing it up saying not to talk about it, but we're bringing it up. Right. And he said like every day, something would come up about that series. Hey, forget what we did in the, ah, damn it did it again like he just said we could not avoid it and he said (laughs) right he 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 said like uh that first month and they started off slow like the caps and they they he said they were still carrying that heavily and i think i think what the caps did in that 2018 uh stanley cup playoffs and what tampa did in in this year's playoffs Mm -hmm. the same thing they finally got to a point and they said enough we're playing the game the right way. I, we've tried this a thousand times, being cute and firing shots from the outside and relying on our talent. That stops yeah. now. I will sacrifice anything. And I heard a story um, that on that Caps Cup run that after they beat Columbus in the first round, one of their leaders got on the plane and, and someone said to him, Ah, we got Pittsburgh again. And that guy said, and I won't say who the player was because it was told to me in confidence, but I will tell you this. He said, we're beating Pittsburgh and we're winning the whole thing this year. <laughs> and, the, and the person who told me that was like, I had never heard anyone say that. Mm-hmm. The, the, and, he, and, and he, it was like one of those moments, like when, when, you know, uh, uh, oh God, what's uh, uh, Rocky's, why am I blanking now? Uh, when she was like, win, you know what you have to do? Right, right. Win. Like all of a sudden That'll the music win. changed and that guy was like, oh my God, we're going to win the Stanley Cup. And that mm-hmm. was after Columbus. That was mm-hmm. before Pittsburgh. And I think Tampa got, and they, dude, the moves they made to get tougher well, during the season yeah. were fantastic. Yep. And um, I just think they were like, we're not doing this again. Right. We're going to play the game the right way. So speaking about stories that you were just talking about, I have to ask if you have a personal favorite OV story, like one that not many would know since you were kind of around them more than most people get to be. Um, you know, it's funny because the OV story that probably jumps out to me the most is such like a kind of a throwaway thing. But to me, it was like, wow, this dude just gets it. Um, so I got a chance this past season to do a ride along with him for right, a, right, right, right. Yeah, the Papa, Papa John's, John's delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I got to here. drive drive in his car with him and and he's delivering pizzas and whatever. So we first he goes to a hospital and he spends a mm-hmm. ton of right. time with the kids. A ton. Took every picture, signed every autograph, went and spent time with the nurses, answered questions, took more pictures. And I was like, wow, they he's they're really like getting every ounce of Ovi here. Then he drives, we get in his car and we drive to a fire station and we're literally getting off the exit. We make a right-hand turn. The fire station is right there. And as we're at the red light waiting to make the right-hand turn, fire station is 30 yards down the road. We hear 
the alarm go off and i was like and i looked at ovi and he's like is that the fire alarm? i was like i think that's the fire alarm and there go the trucks we were like oh no we're delivering pizzas to the firemen they all just left in a fire like I, we i was like i cannot believe this is happening right now and we pull in and we had to wait for like like the rest of the crew mm -hmm. the cameraman was coming the, the papa john's people the marketing people so, so they come pulling up and me and ovi are standing in, in the parking like, lot we're, uh... What, what do we do? There's no one here. There's like two firefighters in there. Pizza's here. Right. That's what he kept saying. Yes. And so there, a guy pulled his car in and like literally like pulls in and you can see him like, is that Alex Ovechkin like standing in the in the parking lot here? And so Ovi's like, get your camera. And we get the camera. He walks over and he hands a pizza to the guy sitting in his car. This guy's like, uh, okay, thanks. Are you Ovi? And he's like, yeah, pizza's here. <laughs> and uh, so he gave him that great moment. We go inside the fire station. He gives his pizza to like, and he rings the doorbell at the fire station. And same thing. They're like, who is it? And he's like, pizza's here. Does the whole thing every time. Cracking himself up. We go inside. They let him get in the fire truck. He's playing with the lights and the horns like a child and giggling. As expected, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I figured. And he does all that. And then we had, so now we've survived, right? We got at least delivered a couple of pizzas to a couple of firefighters. Then we have to drive to a neighborhood to like surprise someone. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but I don't know if we got the address wrong or something. So we were like, let's just, let's just ring the doorbell at a house here. And you could see people looking out because you know, it's a convoy of cars coming and Ovi's G-Wagon. And then Ovi's just standing in the middle of the street and you could see people looking out. And he went up, rang the doorbell, took a picture with all these people. Then he split. And I was just like, this dude has been doing this for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And he still does it. He's still doing the Papa John's delivery. He gave the firefighters something to remember. He gave that family something to remember. He gave a hospital full of employees and, and sick children something to remember. And he did it with a smile on his face the entire time. And I was just like, you know what? You can say anything you want about Ovi. Dude's all right in my book. Right. And, th and then we went back to, to uh, MedStar, formerly Kettler, and he surprised the hockey team and, and capped off the night with a bunch mm -hmm. of kids. taking. And they were losing their freaking oh, yeah. minds. There was 30 <laughs> hockey players climbing all over each other to get pictures with him. And he stood there and took a picture with every kid. I was like... Dude gets it, man. And he's as goofy as he was when he was doing it at 18 when he first got here. <laughs> right. So, so getting into the current stuff a bit, I mean, we'll kind of bunch this in, the bubble performance and the offseason, because obviously there has been quite a shift in the landscape here over this offseason, obviously. So let's. I want to talk about these two big departures, one the first being Braden Holpe and the second one obviously being head coach Todd Reardon. Um, kind of give us your perspective on Holpe first, the whole situation. I mean, obviously we couldn't keep him. We knew that, but I think a lot of people were surprised to see how cheap he actually signed for knowing he was going for that big ticket out in the market. I think he was going for ticket and term. He gets two years in Vancouver at that four and a half million. Um, and, and, and how good of a fit do you think he'll be there? And it, it's, it's kind of in a one, two system as well there, that one, a one B situation you got to imagine. 
Yeah, that, that surprised me more than anything, that he went someplace that he wasn't the clear number one. Like, had right. he gone to Edmonton, that's his job, and he's playing with Connor McDavid and, you know, a, a really yeah. talented team that's probably a really good goalie away from being right. a pretty solid contender. Mm-hmm. Um, to go really be a battle for the starter. Now, they've said he's the starter coming in from day mm-hmm. one, but Demko is going to have something to say about that. Right. So, um, so he's going to be part uh, mentor, part starter, <clears throat> and um, so that surprised me. I mean, the worst possible timing for him as far as the term and 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 uh, money. I mean, it's just the worst possible time. It started with, you know, Bob getting all that screwing money. Everybody and, over, yeah. yeah, just totally screwing the pooch for every goalie after that. Um, so you know, as Bob's season was playing out, we we're all like. I hope he wants to strangle him right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, hope he's not doing anything to help his own cause. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't play particularly well. Um, and then, but look, he said he wanted to go someplace that he wanted to live and he felt he had a chance to win. And Vancouver checked both of those boxes. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Vancouver. Ben, you may. may uh, Never. Ben, I want to go though. <laughs> oh my God. It's one of the most Never gorgeous heard places on earth. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. And, um, so he, you know, picked a great city, picked a great up and coming young team with a ton of young stars. Um, gets his boy Nate Schmidt. Gets his boy Nate Schmidt. Beegs is there. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a good fit for him. You know, his uh, his great grandkids will probably be upset that maybe the money will run out before. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, it, it would have had he signed if he if he was a free agent two years ago. Mm-hmm. It would have been a seven. They're backing a bank truck up to his door. Right. It would have been seven by nine and a half or nine and a half by seven, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but that's the way it is. And look, he's got to prove now that he's what he's got left in the tank. So he's, you know, he's, I I think, I think it was time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was time. I mean, Sam Sonoff makes it more pressing, but I think, I think, everyone was ready to move in a different direction. Right. And then kind of flipping over to uncle Todd there. I mean, do you think that writing was kind of on the wall from the beginning? I mean, give us your Did thoughts. Did Joe B say how many times Todd said they wouldn't let him on the plane? Cause I would imagine <laughs> there was a few times Todd would have said that too. Well, okay. Well, we, we will admit listening to chirp and DMV. Cause yeah. I, cause we I will admit we, we were never the biggest Todd fans. Uh, we can say that truthfully. I mean, maybe if you, if people go back and listen, you know that we had some hot takes about Todd, but I mean, give us your thoughts on why that firing, you know, was or maybe in your uh, perspective, it wasn't a good idea. I mean, no, it was definitely a good idea. Okay. And I like Todd a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and I okay. said this, I, I actually recorded a, a mailbag podcast and uh, for Thanksgiving week here. And <clears throat> I quoted Chris Miller, my longtime buddy at NBC Sports Washington. He used to say this all the time, usually about the Wizards, but the milk went bad. Uh-huh. something stunk about yeah. that team he had lost the room he never so, i don't think he ever got the room to be honest no that's not true well the, the reason barry trotz left was because the team wanted todd, todd reardon yeah they were yeah. grooming him and all this quote-unquote stuff i get that that's, but I, I don't know i feel like you think he just was a better assistant coach because he could like exactly to the players more and then as a head possibly, coach, he kind of had to stop was, being the buddy he was possibly, the good cop, and then he had to turn into the bad cop yeah exactly all those things could be true. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, it, you know, it, 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 I, it, he's a good coach. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't you don't get to where you are coach. by not being a great coach. Like, right. And I think he'll be a good head coach somewhere down the line. Um, I think going back to Pittsburgh is a great move for him. 
Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, well, first off, I was going to I was going to ask you, like, what do you, what did you think his biggest flaw was like while he was here? But I was also wanting to roll in. He goes into Pittsburgh as the power play coach and defensive coach, I think. Right. And that's those were our worst two aspects of our game. <laughs> Pittsburgh, I bet I bet it's going to go through the roof now. Yes, he's the assistant coach. Well, the crazy thing is that, I mean, he he was the defense whisperer, right? I mean, he gets yeah. Michael Kempney. He makes him a top pair defenseman when he couldn't crack a horrendous Chicago, Chicago lineup. lineup. Yeah. Makes John Carlson a, a Norris Trophy. Player. Yeah. Snub, a Norris I'm, Trophy snub. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, he, you can't deny that he was a great defensive coach. He was the defensive specialist on those teams. Um, like I said, I don't know why it went wrong, man. It just did. He lost the room mm -hmm. relatively quickly, but keep in mind, and I, I, and I say this with every ounce of respect for this core, because once you win a Stanley cup, it erases everything else right. and everything else becomes far less relevant. They've chewed through a lot of coaches. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. a lot of coaches who they either chose or they wanted or felt comfortable with and it quickly fell out of favor, mm -hmm. you know? So there is something to this group that, you know, it's, they're, they're sort of like a Peter Laviolette. Like they have a lot of success and a lot of failure. Now their right. failure is relative because they're still a great team. I'm talking mm -hmm. playoff failure. So yeah. they, they go through these coaches with, and that's what I mean. I, man, I can see your face where you're like, <laughs> oh, I don't know about failure. They, no, it's there. It's there. It's the highs are high and the lows are low. The lows are low the lows for this very team. Low. And then all of a sudden, a coach is wondering if he can get on the plane again. <laughs> so there's something fundamental with this core group that they've chewed through a lot of coaches. My, my thing with Todd was like, uh, I mean, and this is just my personal opinion. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not. It just felt like he was really, really slow to make any type of change. Little adjustments, adjustments. Yeah, yeah a little stubborn. Babcock-esque. Yeah. He, he was... <laughs> He definitely felt at times like he was the smartest guy in the room all the time. So when you feel that way, you tend to think I'll coach my way out of this. Mm -hmm. And I, and I could see where, when you go, Hey, eight, 19 and 77, you ready? <laughs> you know, like I always say coaches can be geniuses when they've got players. Yeah. yeah well, I'll, I'll put my money on these guys. They'll figure it out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you've got, uh, you know, a Vesna winning goalie, what you think is a Norris winning defenseman, the greatest goal scorer of our generation, the most underrated center of our generation, one of the hardest nosed players of, of this current crop of team. You got a budding 30 goal scorer in Jacob Rana. You've got a dazzling Evgeny Kuznetsov mm -hmm. that's going to drive you freaking batty and cost coaches <laughs> jobs. Yep. You know, like you got a lot of talent <laughs> you're dealing with there. So I can yeah. see where you just go. I mean, their fourth line was unproductive, but really good at what they do. Yep. So like, I, I could see where you might get stubborn, but he mm -hmm. stuff. I'm kind of surprised that the assistant coaches have stayed along around as long as they have. And maybe yeah. there was something that could have been done about that. Mm -hmm. But then again, a head coach has to be allowed to do something like that. And if right. you're not allowed to, well, that's a whole other that's a whole other can of worms. Gotcha. So um, speaking of coaches, what are your thoughts on Peter Laviolette taking over? Do you think he's a guy? Because I do. I think he's a guy who can get through to a veteran group like the Caps. He seems like pretty hard-nosed. We'll get in anyone's face if he has to. 
History says they could win a cup in the next two years before <laughs> exactly. he gets fired, right? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this dude, I've never seen a more consistent <laughs> DNA. Yeah. Of he makes a completely irrelevant mm. Islanders team very relevant. Yep. He takes the Flyers to the cup. He takes the Predators to the cup. Mm-hmm. And then gets canned real quick, real quick. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if he can't get that team to a Stanley Cup in the next two years, the window's probably closed at that point. And maybe you're looking at a coach who's going to be more long-term after that. Um, but I, I thought it was a great hire. And for the first time, <clears throat> so Trotz, they got a guy who'd been around for a long time, but they got a guy from like this very safe spot mm-hmm. in Barry Trotz. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit more of like, okay, we're going to see if this works quote coaching genius can win us a cup here. Like th- mm-hmm. this was a, we're going to swing for the fences. Trotz yeah. I think was more of a safer. We need someone who knows what they're doing to build a, to build a, you know, to build chemistry, to build a culture. This feels like, we're going to rock the culture to its core and see what these guys are made of. And if along the way we could win a cup or two. Did you like the Babcock rumors? Uh, I like the rumors. (laughs) (laughs) I like the fact that they were only rumors. (laughs) Right. I I like that. It was something to talk about, but uh, I, yeah, I don't think anyone thought that that was going to be the right. Ah, Love it. Love it. So we'll kind of start to wrap it up a bit, a little bit here. So we'll ask some kind of different questions. So I'm a former PR guy. I've worked in, so I, I like to hear like media people's perspective on that side of things. So I spent some time with the UFC, the Redskins, West Virginia sports. And the biggest thing to me is always- Whoa, 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 whoa. You spent time with the Redskins? I did. I was there in 2000. I worked a season there in the PR department in 2015, I believe it was. So was that with Tony Wiley? Yeah, Tony Wiley. Worked under Tony Wiley. Yep. Wow. Worked under I mean, Tony. Man, you have seen the craziest of the crazy then. <laughs> Not Tony. Tony's a good dude. But no, but I was... general. Yeah, I was there during the prime, I guess, um, <laughs> things going wrong years and getting a good view of that because I came from the wow. UFC and went to the to skins there to kind of bring myself back to the east coast and it was god like, which is more of a crazy show this is this is this is crazy <laughs> but so th- what i'm getting to is press boxes and i'm sure you spent a lot of time in various press boxes and one press box i've never been in is capital one arena so i need to know give me a good rating here of the press box how's 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 the food is the food not great there okay, okay. not great um, no. it's is there snacks a- up top you get your food down below and the food's all right. It's all right. Uh-huh. Then you go upstairs and it's just like a bowl of like pretzels or something and like a bowl of candy and then some popcorn. It's a very, it's a very, and it, I, not a huge so fan. How, I didn't really spend a lot of time man. up there. <laughs> I figured you did. And that's why I kind of was wondering if you spent, cause I know you guys don't spend, or at least you don't spend much time up there. Because I wouldn't want to spend much time here, Tark. Anyway, Tark's our guy. We love him to death. But I'm sure he probably's like <laughs> taking the best seat in the house, not letting anybody come near. And <laughs> correct. So. I'll stop you when you're wrong about Tark. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's what we do though. On the I mentioned the question earlier with our first guest. See, then we rope you into coming on multiple times because Tark's been on like what four or five times now. Yeah. So now you're stuck. Like you're roped in now. Yeah. Wow. Well, how far into this? And then when you drop that nugget on me, okay. <laughs> You're roped uh, in now. Now I'm in. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, now, just... now, now it's like a Bronx tale. I feel like you just shut the door and lock it. Like now you just can't leave. Yep. <laughs> you work right. for us now. Thanks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey B. 
So uh, which Capitals player that you've dealt with over your time has been the best to uh, kind of interact with that from a media standpoint for you? Um, who was always available and like polite to the media, I guess. Funny thing is uh, Matt Niskanen, who yeah. is, who is a tough, like he's, he's tough sort of an ornery guy. Yeah. Always there. Yeah. Door opens. Matt Niskanen was always there to answer questions. Tom Wilson is great. And Tom Wilson's great because he'll also talk to you about like baseball or uh, movies or like, he's just like a dude who wants to just kind of hang out for a while. Like he'll answer all your questions. He'll give you great answers. And then he'll just kind of stand and talk for a while. Like he's yeah. a good dude. Oshi is, Oshi's like, Oshi's a kind of guy that you want to like punch in the face. Cause you're like, wait a second. So you're good at every sport. You're like a world-class athlete, great golfer, shoots hoops, like got this amazing family at home, beautiful wife. Like really is anything yeah. your, your nickname is Mr. Is Captain America. Like really is <laughs> anything good at everything and you hate him for it. Yeah. Right. Right. But he's, he is seriously <laughs> like one of those, like, you know, girls want to be with him and guys want to, you know, be, want to be like, him. Yeah. 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 It's he's, he's a really good guy. I will say that hockey players in general are amongst the best professional athletes you know, you're dealing with some, uh, you know, some guys from foreign countries that English mm -hmm. isn't their first language. So they'll tend to be quiet and you can't get to them a little bit. Yeah. Um, but all of them are really pretty much solid guys across the board. Yeah. And have you, you uh, don't have, have to name any names, but any, any bad apples, yeah. any tough ones yes. to work with? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I have some ideas, but actually I'm trying to think if he was on the roster when you got here in 2012. I'm actually in the dark here. I don't know who you're talking about. I, okay, I'm Rob, didn't hear this. We'll, we'll, say it, we'll say it after. We'll say it after. But um, all right, cool. So, yeah, I figured. But that's that's always what we've gotten. Like, even Joe B, coming from that standpoint, he's like, I've, I've worked in many sports, this, that, and the other. But, like, you don't have to worry about hockey players. It's just you're going to get good stuff out of them, and you're going to get it each time. So Ben's question here, unfortunately, it looks like he had some internet issues. But you had a super unique relationship with Alan May. You brought We brought him up a couple times. Um, and obviously your last broadcast by the most unfortunate standards, obviously it was super, it was a super special moment between the two of you, um, saying his goodbyes and everything. Maybe discuss that relationship a little bit and just kind of touch on what it was like to work with him and not even work with him, but become friends with him on a personal standpoint. Yeah. He's as good as it gets, man. I, I really, sometimes he could be tough to deal with because, you know, for former professional athletes just can be at times. Um, but he is, he's the type of guy that would lay down in traffic for you. If you, if he's, if you're in his circle, you're kind of there and he'll do anything he can for you. He always, you know, always took interest in my wife and my, mm -hmm. my kids always asked about them. Um, you know, when my kids were born, God, he called and texted and, you know, they were born on a game night and he was like, just, you know, I called, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. My wife just went, you know, to the hospital. I think we might, he said, go man, go is the, be the greatest day of your life. Like he's a really tough guy. Who's also like genuine to the heart, a good guy, but wants nothing but good things for his friends. And um, that last show. And I figured, um, you know, that, that was tough for me. That was tough. Cause I found out the day of that we were coming back on August 3rd, right. that they weren't going to renew me. And they gave me the option not to, do the show that night and <clears throat> i said let me call you back and um i called back i said look those are my shows i want to take this if you're willing to let me work um i'd like to finish the season out 
And um, so, it, it, you know, and then Alan's not there. He's in his house. So mm-hmm. it was kind of the whole thing was disjointed. But, um, but you know, it was like a long, slow death march for me. You know, like every yeah. game I was like, is tonight going to be like when they, when the Caps won their game, I was almost like, ah, I got to do this again. You know, yeah. like you, you yeah. kind of get to a place. And um, when they lost, I was, I was, you know, for me personally, I was glad they lost. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. It, it was weighing heavy. And I, I knew that last show I'd have a, <clears throat> my time to say goodbye and my time to, you know, say goodbye to Alan and thank him. But I did not expect it to be the first thing. And when he started talking, I'm already fighting back the tears. And he started talking, uh-huh. man. And I was just like, nope. I'm not going to let it, it. go. Yeah, let it I'm, go. Not gonna, yeah. I'm not going to make it. And, and I could see from where I'm sitting, I could see through to the booth, you know, the producer and the director. And we had a lot of bosses in. <clears throat> and I see people start scurrying. And I was like, oh, they're not liking this. They are not liking that this show has become but about don't me. Don't dare come in here. <laughs> they, and I was just like, well, I got to let him say his piece. And he did. And it was just, you know, again, we, we had a really great relationship. We had a really good thing going. Fans seemed to dig it. Yeah. And um, I really loved working with him. He made me better at understanding hockey. I think I made him better at TV. And I think, it, you know, Makes all sense. that worked. Um, and another funny little story of a thing he did my very first broadcast <clears throat> and i told the story on the last night so you know you may have heard this but on the last night he's like don't tell this story i was like what, what do i care now right? this is my last night anyway they can't fire me <laughs> so i just met him like once or twice briefly and it's our first night together and they're counting us down and they're like five four and i see him frantically scribbling something on a piece of paper and they're like three and I'm, I'm nervous. I'm in a new station, my first time on air. And he slides the piece of paper over and it just says, are you a Jew? And I looked at him, <laughs> I, I looked at him and he looked at me and he just gave me this look like I knew it. And I was just like, what? And they're like, go. And I was like, what, what? And I, got, I was a little flustered right off the bat. And he was cracking up. He was so it's too funny. He <laughs> thought he was the funniest guy on earth at that moment. And uh, it, I was just like, okay, well, this is going to be a hell of a ride with this dude. And it was, man. We had so much fun together. We laughed so much. And you know what? We fought a number of times. We yelled at each other a number of times. Like, all the stuff that happens when you're working with someone really closely for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. we had times <laughs> where we MF'd each other up and down and whatever. We screamed at each other. All part of it. And, it's healthy. It's yeah. Healthy. And, and, and being on the cup run together was yeah. like... We all experienced this incredible thing together. So yeah. it was, um, I'm going to miss working with that dude. Tremendous. Sure. Tremendous. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to, sometimes the, the back and forth is, you know, it, like I said, it helps a lot. Cause I mean, we got this idiot Ben up in Canada with terrible Wi-Fi, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You deal with that. storm if you can believe it. So you, you, you get, you now only get one last question, Ben. That's your punishment. Okay. My last question, Rob, I was going to ask, we all know how the Capitals partied when they won the cup. I was wondering if you guys in the broadcast department did anything as crazy as they did to celebrate the cup. Not as crazy as they did, but hell yes. That was a a long night. And uh, remember the Kevin Durant when he said, Mom, you're the real MVP? My wife is the real MVP because after that long night in Vegas, and you could see right back there, that picture, that's, that's me holding the cup at about four o'clock in the morning Legendary. up on the wall. And um, 
in in the club in Vegas. And uh, um, so we we drank until about four o'clock in the morning. And yeah. so that's seven o'clock back home. And I call my wife, I get back to the hotel. I literally jam stuff in my suitcase. We had like a 730. Yeah, you guys flight. were up and at them early. Yeah. Yeah. So so <laughs> I literally just packed through rolled all my stuff, packed it into my bag, called my wife. I was like, I've I haven't gone to sleep. I gotta go, you know, catch a plane. We're gonna fly. This is crazy. This is great. It's not, you know, I'm drunk. Hold on. I'm like, this is the greatest night of my life. This is so much fun. It's like and, me every uh, weekend. It, it was it made, and what did she do? Some wives would get pissed that their husband's flying back drunk from Vegas uh-huh. after the cup. Oh, come on. She yeah. get, takes my daughters to northern to a, an amusement park, a water park in Northern Virginia and spends the night. So I get home from this insane night of partying in Vegas, somewhere over Chicago. I was like, oh, I'm hungover now. I feel like death. I'm like green. I'm sweating. And Bam. I got home. Barkhart? Right, right, right. <laughs> I got home and my wife, the house is empty. I just sprawled out across my bed <laughs> and slept for like a day. Okay. And then everywhere I went in my neighborhood, everyone was like, dude, how was it? Here's a beer. So I just <laughs> remember. Uh, yeah, I know. It the it's the details get a little sketchy. Yeah. No so, kidding. So you'd um, say that right there is probably your exact favorite moment from that from that cup run that everything that i just cup said up. yeah everything i it, just said that, was that's funny because we asked like obviously i think Tarks was during tampa the tampa series when they won game seven and then you guys went to dinner maybe you're with him maybe you won't and then joe b just keeps ordering red wine after red yes. wine like 200 bottle and he's being all like do you guys smell it and Tarks just like taking it down like shooters <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tarek told you about the joe b wine experience oh yeah oh yeah oh so I, I don't know if he told you this we, we went to lockers holiday party one year and at that party joe b it's like a wine presentation he's got bottles he and he's, yeah and he's this one comes from and me and courtney Lachlan we're just standing there like uh-huh less talky talky more pory pory <laughs> and he would get he'd pour you like that little bit to like get the taste and i was like right. hey hey right up to the top my man right up to the top and he's like, well, I want you to enjoy it. I was like, I'll enjoy it right up to the top. Say when. I didn't say when yet. I didn't say when. <laughs> I'll enjoy it once I have about six or seven of them. Correct, correct. And we really like, kicked this party I off. I can't. My taste buds were numbed 45 minutes ago. I just want more wine. So you think yeah. I care about the taste of this stuff? Like, <laughs> right. like He's like, this one I was uh-huh. in my private stock for. I was like, Joe, I love you, man. I don't. So then like, oh, then it was totally like me and Tarek being like, all right. You cause a diversion that way. I'm grabbing that <laughs> bottle right there. And let's get the hell out. Of, yeah, like we. This is mayhem. All right, so uh, we'll end it with this. What's next for Rob Carlin? I wish I had a great answer for you. That my, uh, you know, I'll be replacing Doc on the play-by-play of NBC Sports. I uh, well, you got a fist fight, Joe B, for that one. You got a fist yeah. fight, Joe B, for that one. Yeah, break, breaking and, news. We'll break that news on here. Yeah, now I think Joe B. I think Joe B. would kill me before let me take that job before him, and not even feel bad about. It. No, I don't know what happened, to Rob. I just stopped texting. Um, I don't know right now. Searching. This is a tough time to be looking. Hoping yeah. to stay in the business, but the business is changing drastically. It changes every day. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I'm I'm I've got feelers out to a number of places. I'm also if I end up going in a different direction and going out working in the uh, real world that we in TV call it, mm-hmm. 
I could look back and say I had a hell of a run, 25 years, covered a couple of Super Bowls, was the face and voice of a Stanley Cup run and was part of a fan's experience with the Islanders and with the Caps. And, uh, you know, I could hold my head high. I have a lot of friends that left this business a long time Mm -hmm. ago. And if I could say I got, you know, almost 25 years in the business and uh, did what I got to do, I will consider myself very lucky. And then my daughter asked me, one of my daughters asked me, um, what job would you want? And I was like, well, maybe I had the job I wanted. And she was like, so what are you going to do at your next job? I was like, well, I might just have a job. So... (laughs) I had a job I loved for a long time. So. Go to work and make my paycheck. But I think we can all agree with you that, or I think we can all say that we were lucky to have you for the past so many years. Because like you said, you become the face of something. You become a switch in all of our brains where it's like, we know to turn on at 6.30 to get you and Alan and all them from 6.30 to 7. We know we got Joe B and Craig doing Joe's little classic little whatever poem he puts together to start the game. And then we get you at intermission in the post game show and, I mean, I, I personally enjoyed it for years. I thought you and you and Alan were great together, yeah, Johnson and GP and them. You may not have known us, but we got to know you very mm-hmm. well, and it was it was awesome. And uh, we, you know, we you got full support from us. Obviously, we're rooting for the best for you, man. The Islanders lost John Tavares, but they gave away Rob Garland. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I mean, mwah, what a way to end this! I was <laughs> about it. to get all emotional, and then. <laughs> And then that comes up. I'm going to walk, guys. This was fun. I'm going to go crawl up in my caps uh, blanket and pillowcases like Tavares and his Toronto ones. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, well, yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate the kind words. It was um, a lot of fans reach out to me. I was overwhelmed. My wife has said many times, she's like, I've never seen someone get all positive on social media. It's the meanest place on earth. Yeah. And really, I, right. it was overwhelmingly positive and, you know, I, I, I partied for days after the cup and I cried for days after they mm-hmm. let me go, but uh, hell of a run, man. Hell of a yeah. run. Like I said earlier, the highs and lows of it. But Rob Carlin, we greatly appreciate you coming on. You're welcome on anytime, whether it's the podcast, whether it's one of our live shows, pregame, postgame. Uh, we'd love hey, to yeah, have I mean, you. We could, we could go part two, honestly. I, got, I, I could still talk to you for like three more hours, dude. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate you coming well, on. Well, apparently and... I have to come back now. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah I have you have to. to. I'll DM yeah, you. So. I'll DM you this time and not leave you hanging. We'll okay, yeah, thank you. Thank Let's you. Do a duo interview with Tark and Rob Carlin at the same time. Ooh, it get dangerous. Yeah. Anytime, guys. Anytime. Let me know. All right, thanks to Rob Carlin for coming on. Awesome interview. I mean, that was a good time. A lot of good stories. He's a legend. He's a legend. Miss him on NBC. Yeah, I was trying to really make him cry. <laughs> no, I was kidding. Uh, yeah, he was. He was. He was awesome to have on. He had. A, he had a great. That that pizza story was awesome. Yeah, that was. It a was. Story. So that was. That was a good story. So thanks again to him, man. That was awesome. Would love to get him back on sometime. Maybe even on one of the live shows. Um, so let's finish. Let's start to wrap it up here. Henrik Lundqvist, guys, open heart surgery went very, very well. I uh, tweeted about it. it. Took about five hours. Can you imagine getting your heart fucking ripped on for five hours? <laughs> then waking up and being like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> Just like looking at your chest, like Jesus. All right. So can you play or what? <laughs> can you play? Yeah. <laughs> Is it fixed? Are you good? <laughs> like, are you good? So good news for Hank. Love to see that. Love to see that. Yeah. Uh, our- our old guy, Bruce Brudrow, I'm trying to figure out a way to get him on. I might just like text Tarek and be like, can you Barbecue stain Bruce? Barbecue Bar- Bruce. So he's bringing the USPHL team. 
uh, to Hershey. So if you're familiar with our local episodes, USPHL, like the Richmond Generals, um, Hampton Road Whalers, Potomac Patriots with Josh Gratton over there. Uh, he purchased a Tier 3 Junior A team in the USPHL. Uh, they also own the USHL's Premier Division, Minnesota Blue Ox, um, where Bruce's son is an assistant coach there. But yeah, the Hershey Club, they're playing out at historic Hershey Park Arena. AB, we've played some games there, baby. Youth, youth tournaments in Hershey were the shit when you got to play in that old barn. Yeah, that was was by far my favorite tournament every single time. Well, we had that Ashton tournament too, where all every single team went to. But Hershey playing in that Hershey old Hershey barn was so cool. my favorite rink. Yeah, it was the best. That's what that's that's kind of what everybody looked forward to because you got that one game in that old wooden ass barn right there. So it's kind of nuts they're playing in there. I'd imagine they made some upgrades and in, then in the, in the infrastructure in there. Oh, and all they that good to. stuff. That thing, <laughs> it was it was a shit show when we were Pee Wee's and Squirts. I would say you get a light rainstorm, it might fall over. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh that, that place was like oh man i mean it was you could tell it was built in like 1930 like I, <laughs> well bruce is a guy too that is going to be contributing to nbc sports washington coverage this upcoming season of the caps damn that's awesome i didn't i didn't see that that's that's fucking a lot on his plate yeah, yeah so i mean so, they uh, obviously listed everything with joby locker you name that but um not all if- the familiar Go ahead. I don't know if you're getting into this at all, but uh, the Mike Milbury news today was pretty awesome. Yeah, the Mike Milbury news. That guy's just, he's going to be pussyfooting around by himself, Ben. What's your thought on Mike Milbury? Did you ever like him? Oh, uh, like, no, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like pretty dumb. Like, most of the time, he just rips on like really good players and he's like, oh, Boston's good because Boston. But like, I don't know if the replacement will be much better. I mean, I don't know, man. He said some pretty stupid stuff, and uh, and like there were there were some times where he just made me like turn my head, and I was just like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, your analysts are Eddie O, Brian Boucher, Pierre Maguire, AJ Mlezeko, Kendall Coyne, Schofield, Keith Jones, and Anson Carter, and then play by play you got Kenny Albert, John Forslund, Brendan Burke, Mike Trico, I, Gordon Miller, John Wal- like John Keith, Walton, John I Walton. I like Keith Jones a lot. I also like Keith Jones a lot. I love Keith. I, love, I like Kenny Albert too. He does a lot of the uh, Washington football team games. Yeah, he does a lot, a lot of football. He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but he just sits around as an analyst. I, li- I like him in the studio. He's he's great. But um, yeah, thought I mean, <laughs> fucking was was it? It was during the playoffs, right? He said some shit, and then they booted him, and they're like, "Hey, you're not coming back." Sorry. Hate to see. Oh it. yeah, what did he say during the playoffs? It was like a big controversy. I remember that. Yeah, I I forget too honestly Mike <laughs> Milbury controversy I bet that's the only thing that'll come up um oh he, he it, no, something about uh, the women no it was something about women aren't even here to disrupt your concentration right ever. that's what it was during that Caps Islanders game it was like the bubble's good because there's no women here to disrupt concentration it's like what oh there, yeah that's did you yeah. guys see who NBC brought in who's that Mike Babcock Oh, I oh, did not see that. Fuck. That's why I, mean, I said his replacement, and you guys didn't bite. I was like, "Do they not know that Mike?" No, I, did not see I didn't see that. that. That's yeah. what the fuck. I know. Why is he good on TV or radio or whatever? It is? No, this like, guy's mouth barely moves when he talks. I can't imagine he's going to be a great TV personality. They should have just thrown Patrick Sharp on there. He's awesome and no, sexy. You know, yeah, he is yeah, sexy. Is sexy. Great eye candy. So let's finish this episode, guys. Let's do our last two division predictions. Top four from the West and the Central. We'll start with the West. Uh, we want to go one at a time again. Start with you, AB. What did uh, we yeah, do last go... time? Then we go like all of our first ones and all yeah, of our second. Like, yeah, we snake drafted it. Let's snake it then. We'll go AB, me, Ben, and then back around. All right, just first place? Yeah, for the West. 
All right. I think this is chalk. I think everyone's going to have the same answer in this West division. Yep. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obvious choice. I'm going yeah. the same. I have Vegas yeah. first. You have Vegas first? I haven't had a Colorado. I don't hate it. I mean, they're a very good team. I got Vegas second. Or go yeah. ahead. That's your second. So you're going Vegas, Colorado, and I'm going Colorado, Vegas. Colorado, Vegas. Like it's this, this, Vegas. this division is so clear cut and dry, like on the top three teams. Yeah, I agree. There's like it four is. and four. Right. Yeah. So, AB, go, go ahead with your third because we're probably all going the same for the third. <laughs> yeah. That would be the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. All right. Now, the four sports get interesting because we have San Jose, no, Minnesota, LA, Arizona, and Anaheim left. I feel like this is kind of an easy one, too. I, I think so. Who you got, Ben? I have uh, Minnesota sliding in at number four. Oh, oh fucking go. A. I'm going Yotes. I'm going to Desert Dogs. I was going to say, me and Billman probably have the Yotes. So, yeah. yeah. I, I don't I, see San Jose was, doing a fucking thing. I was thinking about Minnesota there at, at one point, and then I almost went crazy and went like LA Kings just because of all the fucking yeah. prospects they had in the tournament. I was like, they keep talking about the LA Kings. They got a lot of players, right? They but, have to be good. They have to make the playoffs next year. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all these guys doing so well in this U20 tournament. They're going to make playoffs. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, Arizona. Arizona for me. Perfect. There it is. So there's our top four. Central to end it. Um, we'll do the same order. AB, go ahead and start up. This one's obviously a lot tougher. This is a mix between East and West. And you got the, the, two, the two teams that competed for the Stanley Cup in the same fucking division this year. Baby, who you got first? Uh, I think this one is chalk as well for the first place team. Yep. That would be Tampa Bay Lightning. I will also go to Tampa Bay Lightning. Perfect. So we're all going Tampa across the board at number one. Ben, number two. Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes. At number two? Yep. I, they're a good team. They're a very good they're team. A very they're good team. These are goaltending, but like their defense are so good. I'm yeah. going Carolina second as well. Uh, I went with the Dallas Stars. Dallas That's Stars. Bananas. Number three? Maybe. Uh, Carolina. Carolina. I'm, 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 I'm flip-flopping you. I'm going Dallas three. I have a crazy three, four. Number three, I have Nashville. Okay. I like it. Number, that four. Crazy. number four, I have Columbus. I'm going Columbus number four as well. I don't think Nashville makes it. I don't have Dallas making it. I have. Uh, we. I have they Columbus. did lose Corey Perry. <laughs> yeah. They did Tough. lose Corey Perry. Tragic. So there you guys. I have Columbus at four, two. Uh, just, I mean, they're, they're always there. So it was Carolina. Yeah. Um, I love it. So it's it's pretty. I thought I thought it was going to be pretty chalky too. I, I Nashville's not a bad pick. I didn't think the floor. I thought I thought Florida Panthers might be right there too. Honestly, yeah, I struggle between uh, Florida. And After like last Nashville. year, I'm like, nah, you, you're not getting my hopes up again, mm-hmm. fuckers. Yeah. So that's all we got, guys. Division predictions, episode eighty in the books. We just posted yesterday, Monday, we posted first episode of Capital Punishment. Go check that out. Friday night, 6.30, uh, host Happy Hour Live show on YouTube and Twitter. Join us. Pop in. Uh, come watch us. Come drink with us. This, that, and the other. We're going to be creating drinking game rules. B-b-b-beers. You name it. Beers. Episode 81 coming out on Friday with Bryce Montgomery, local kid who's now in the uh, place for the London Knights. Kid's a stud. He's solid. So, uh, A.B., Ben, uh, what do you want to leave us on? Uh, I'll leave you on this. I'm up in the draft. Who should I pick? Ooh, who's left? Who's, who's your available? top? Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, Connor Hellebuck, Jake Gensel, Brent Burns, JT Miller, Blake Wheeler, Roman Yossi, Elias Peterson. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Elias Peterson. Yeah, that yeah, Peterson's pretty good. I started, I started shaking my head. Ben, anything you want to leave the people with? 
Uh, nope. Excited to get the season underway. It's been fucking way too long without a regular season, so I'm excited to watch the boys. Thursday night, the boys are fucking back, baby. Let's ride. Stop. Oh.